Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, Deep Conversations and Tarot Medicine for Your Highest Evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Thank you so much for being with me today. Happy, um, well, I guess full moon in Capricorn, really, even though we have another day. Um, just based on the way that the uh, month is laid out this uh, this cycle, this is our monthly medicine. Um, I'm so excited and also amazed that we're at the crest of a whole new month. It's insane. I cannot believe that in August, on August 1st, that will be the launch. It will be a year since I started doing this podcast. What a great decision. (laughs) Really glad I followed through on that one. Yeah, we're meeting one another essentially uh, on a very powerful day. Mars has gone into retrograde. Um, as of today, we're going to talk about that on this episode. We have a full moon in Capricorn tomorrow. Um, we talked quite a bit. I think sometimes I get a little confused about whether or not I mention things on sacred wheel or on this podcast, but of one of them, I spoke pretty, uh, at length about the full moon in Capricorn and essentially it's a cap on, a lot of the work that we've been doing over the last year, especially since April, um, the full moon in Capricorn grounds, revitalizes and clarifies our commitment, offering us the opportunity to state that we are ready to call on the big person work. Like, you know, the phrase is like big girl panties. I fucking hate that phrase. No offense to anyone who uses it. It's just not for me. You probably don't like when I say fuck. I don't like big girl panties. Um, But yeah, the Capricorn is the hardest worker in the Zodiac and is able, has the capacity to climb the mountain. And as I've said before, it's about the discernment, figuring out and refining what mountain to climb. That is part of Capricorn's sacred opportunity, sacred invitation in their lifetime. And full moons, as most people know, are all about manifestation, harvest, actually making manifest, giving birth to something, which is an absolutely perfect kind of portal to bring us into the medicine of July. Um, So I'll leave full moon in Capricorn by just wishing you a beautiful, bountiful full moon. And, um, I hope that wherever you happen to be in your journey, wherever Capricorn falls in your chart, I very much hope that it's an exquisitely full, um, and abundant cycle for you. So, okay. So sometimes with these monthly medicines, you know, I've mentioned this too before that sometimes they, they're all births and sometimes they come really quick and like, whoa, came right before the midwife got here. (laughs) I caught the baby. And then there are other times when there's intervention needed, where there's, it takes a lot of loving care to have to, to deliver the message. And this was one of those, um, that was a very quick and very easy and very powerful delivery because, Um, it's very clear what the medicine of this month is on many levels. The, the key to this month was not what it was, but conveying the impact. 
because the impact that this month, that July is going to have on us, on our collective expansion, on our personal expansion is really cannot be overemphasized actually. So I'm very excited to talk about this with you. Um, and it is, you know, again, as I said before, it is monthly medicine time and the sacred channeled, uh, and just in case you're new to monthly medicines, um, monthly medicines are intuitively channeled forecasts for the month ahead channeled by me. And we always begin monthly medicine with a channeled mantra or message that comes through. If we could title the month something, what would it be? July is rebirth. So rebirth is really the only way, the only word to accurately describe the intensity, the rite of passage, the heat, the fire, and the profound level of energy that will be running through us, um, running through these bodies of ours. We'll talk a little bit about what that means for the body, but that the month of July is going to be inviting all of us into. It's a breakdown in order to break through. And just to be very clear for everyone's nervous systems, it's not breakdown as in suffering, difficulty, like April. Like that was very confronting and very intense for most of us and pulled us into some really dark places. You may experience some brushes with shadow in July, regardless of how the month affects you, but we're working in July. In April, we're surrendering, we're looking, we are working, but this is different. This is a level of allowing that involves our participation with regard to letting certain things die in order to rebirth. You really can't have birth without death. You cannot have death without birth. It's not possible. And those seem like very abstract concepts, but truly, um, nature abhors a vacuum for a reason. <laughs> it's because whenever there's a vacuum, avoid a space. It's very hard for us to leave it empty because we tend to want to fill things up with it. Um, especially if we're afraid that nothing else is going to come in if we don't. So part of what July is here to help us with is holding the space, essentially holding the center so that we can upgrade what wants to come in. In some ways, it's a continuation of aligned expansion, which was June's monthly medicine. And June has been very expansive, regardless of whether or not we've gotten like the promotion we wanted or whatever. The, the expansion starts inside, and then later, sometimes it can take months or even a year, the outside starts to match the inside, which can be a very powerful process of releasing and letting go and shedding, letting things die that are ready to die. That's very much what we're doing in um, July. So <clears throat> July is uh, transformative to say the least. It's sandwiched between two very strong eclipses and two, uh, we're experiencing two retrogrades in the midst of July, one that starts today, Mars, re Mars in retrograde, and um, the other that begins um, on July 26th, which is Mercury retrograde. So with that being said, the power of this is 
pretty intense. Um, yeah, it's pretty big. It's definitely a rewiring and it's a kind of a, the image that spirit showed me that didn't really translate itself too well into like a, 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 a clean phrase was like, um, what was it? Um, well, it was essentially the image that I got was allowing things to be incredibly messy before they get clean. Like you're cleaning out fridge or freezer, a closet, a basement. Um, and I literally, the image of hands dirty was, uh, very present to me. Not that we're suffering or that anything's horrible or disgusting. It's just like mess. And it's not always what we want to deal with. Mess, however, doesn't mean imbalanced. It doesn't mean disordered. Mess just means mess. Mess is synonymous with creation, with birth, with sex, with kind of all the good shit <laughs> that happens in this life. And July is really an opportunity for us to break through, to rewire, to break apart in order to rebraid into something that is way stronger and way more aligned. This is rebirth. Rebirth is taking the birth, allowing it to move its whole journey, taking the death and allowing us to move the whole journey from death to birth again. So it's essentially like going completely from the fool to the world in one month. It's very, very powerful. So we are shedding this month. And the potential for change and clarification is pretty staggering, personally and collectively. And um, it comes from allowing everything that is ready to die to die. Um, that doesn't mean you're going to die. That doesn't mean that someone you love is going to die. It might mean that, you know, you know that a certain collaboration relationship idea even is just not meant right now, or it's just not meant period for one reason or another, letting it be graceful, letting it not be messy or catastrophic is a very powerful opportunity for us this month. Just letting it be, letting it go, letting it float away, and letting there be the empty space, letting there be the void that wants to be held before it can be filled, contained with something. When we are ready to give birth, we dilate over time, slowly with time, sometimes thunderously intense, sometimes very slow over days. Sometimes the pushing is very intense, but <clears throat> the idea is you don't want to create a space before what's ready to come through is ready to come through. So we're doing this also very compassionately. That's a really strong part of the message that I received is like, you know, it's this real intense upgrade, rebirth, like all these words that are kind of buzzy in the, even in, in my work, like in spiritual work in this community. But that's because that's actually the rhythm of life. And if we're in tune with the spiral path rather than the straight line, it really becomes the only language you can use, which is why it's so uh, utilized, so overutilized perhaps. But we don't often speak of compassion, of actually choosing to do things with gentleness. Imagine going through a whipping, intense, ferocious upgrade 
and choosing to hold an intention of immense gentleness with it, choosing to take that time, choosing to take gentle time off, choosing to breathe through anger, through whatever emotion comes up rather than trying to work, push around it or push with it or push it away. So that's a huge part too. That's a big rebirth. How can we trust that it's enough? Well, let me rephrase that. How can we let it be okay for us not to spiritually suffer when we're upgrading? Can it be that we can allow the discomfort to be there and actually remember that this is birth and that in birth, hopefully, ideally, in the best situations, like birthright of every birth giver doesn't always get it, you ideally have support. You have doulas, you have a partner who's got you, or you don't, or you've got your mom, or you've got your sister, or your father, or whoever you want to be there, or you have no one, and you're just rocking it. It's a powerful experience just for you. This is the time to say, what would make me feel supported in this birth, and not giving yourself any bullshit about how selfish it is. Nothing like that. Your support does not rob anyone else of their support. So being able to drop into that is really, um, it's a strong invitation this month, very strong. As I mentioned before, without death, there's no rebirth. So the work this month is essentially to create the new foundations of our lives, to rewire. Um, we're carving, dilating the space within ourselves that actually contains the room for the new to bloom open and to do so with as much compassion and gentleness as possible. This is, um, you know, again, in June, we worked on aligned expansion, you know, expanding in different ways and new ways, releasing kind of the old paradigms, the way that we had been opening ourselves up to growth and change. This is different. This is like lava. This is not just repaving the road. This is like creating a whole new structure of what the road is. Um, So there's a lot of respect to be brought there. There's a lot of self-care that's important. There's a lot of trust that's going to be asked of us. And there's a lot of times that we're going to be asked in July to be totally cool with not knowing what the fuck is going on or not knowing what we're going into, or not feeling like we're set, or aligned, or ready, or we, you know, we don't know where to go. If you don't know where to go, just don't go. It's okay to, to be, and to sit, and to receive. Um, that invitation to, to be gentle in the face of intensity is pretty uh, strong this month, so, and you'll see it reflected in the reading as well. Um, Yeah, the entire month is essentially a dilation asking us to surrender, to trust, to allow, and to make way for the massive expansions and evolutions that are well on their way to us. Um, It's uh, really like a strong invitation, a preparation to transform. So... The literal reality of what that means is that 
let's break it down into a couple different levels. So the first thing is like, we've got the juxtaposition of we're going from Cancer to Leo in the month of July. So let's talk about Cancer and let's talk about the chariot, which is what Cancer is ruled by in the tarot. And let's talk a little bit about strength slash justice, which have dual, um, oh, actually, oh, I'm so sorry about that. Strength. Sometimes I get, when I talk about this, I can get like my Leo mixed up with my eight slash 11. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, don't even worry about it. Just pretend like that never happened. Um, yeah, we go from the chariot to strength this year, this month, and that's really important. So a lot of people wonder what the hell does the chariot have to do with cancer? I'll tell you exactly what the chariot has to do with cancer. So the chariot is not called the charioteer for a reason. It's called the chariot and it's the only, um, uh, archetype, the only card in the, in the first line of the major arcana, that's not about the person's title. It's about the person's structure, what's holding the person. And that is very much cancer that there is this, um, outer shell, this crab shell that cancer contains, and then the mystery and the potency inside that shell. And part of cancer's great invitation in their lifetime is to essentially say to themselves, what do I show and what's for me? How do I come out of the crab shell versus when do I stay in? How do I, like, where, how, is the idea of the crab shell for cancer is essentially to create a home within cancer wherever they go so that they can do their majorly potent, beautiful, powerful, mind-expanding work on the planet and feel like they can go back in and recharge. And the softness of cancer is such that they really need to learn. They go through life learning how to hold that within them. So how we want to look at this month when we weave together all these elements of kind of the rebirth and the chariot and of cancer before we get to Leo, before we get to strength, is that we want to look at the structures in our lives. Because again, the chariot is called the chariot for a reason. It's not called the charioteer. We're being asked to look at what holds us. Can it get us as far as we really want to go? If we look at the Smith Rider weight chariot card, we really see that it looks real fine. That guy is, you know, he's a hot piece. He's looking good. He's totally lined up. He's got elements of every card that came before him, fool to lovers, imbued in either his um, headpiece and on his shoulder pads, on his suit. Um, there are elements of the dualities and the sphinxes below him near the wheels of the chariot. You can look at this and read about it in most books. You can Google that or you can take my tarot course in a month or two, whatever feels good. But yeah, there's, there's an element to the chariot that suggests that they've got it all together. He looks good. Why fuck with it? But then when you really start to look at the chariot itself, 
we see that it can't really take us over the bumpy roads of the moon. It can't really, it's not the vehicle to travel through the tower in, through death in, through the hangman. So then what do we do? We have to literally inquire and ask ourselves, well then, what aspects of my chariot do I have to actually walk out of and leave behind? What aspects of my shell do not serve me in the paths that are going to be opening up ahead? What protective mechanisms, what thoughts, you know, and also outer image. What part of your persona, your story, the story you project, the um, image you might project, whatever it is. What part are you ready to let go of and just allow yourself to bloom forward? Are you willing to not know? Are you willing to stand up in front of the people that you lead, teach, work for and say, this is no longer aligned with me. This no longer resonates with my truth, my path. And as hard and as scary as and intense as it is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm letting you know this. Or are you ready to say, I, I've been so excited to share this with you for so long. And even though I feel very vulnerable, here I go. So that's a major part of our rebirth. Because again, if we're gearing up for major expansions in Leo Virgo season, as it continues to flow forward, as the year continues to turn on its axis, and the, and the wheel of the year begins to turn, continues to turn, what we have is cancer is a penultimate. It's a major turning point. It's a major turning point in the tarot too, by the way, because everybody listening to this podcast, even if you're not familiar necessarily off the top of your head with the concept of the three lines of the major arcana, if you're not just Google it, um, you, and I spoke about it on this podcast, but the chariot is the end of the first line. The first line is all about title, ego in the best possible sense. Ego, like children have to have ego. Like we have to have ego in a very healthy way, who we are, who we think we are, etc. Cancer represents a moment where we choose to either stay in safety, in what looks good, in what seems good to everyone else, but is kind of choking us out a little bit, or we leave it behind to not necessarily immediately reach the world, but to start at strength or justice, depending on what eight you honor in your tarot deck, and then to the hermit, and then to the wheel of fortune. We don't realize at first when we leave that shining sweet tower or chariot that we're heading into these landscapes. We don't immediately go to the next iteration of what looks so good because we begin to realize that that doesn't exist anyway. And that is precisely what the function of the Mars retrograde, the Mercury retrograde, and these two really potent eclipses have to do with. They're showing us what doesn't fit. They're helping us decipher and discern what is the element of my crab shell that I use as a protection that I don't need anymore? I don't need to protect. I don't need to be defended. What is an element of my crab shell that I use to hide, to hide myself away? Or what is an element of my crab shell that does not match the inside? What part of my crab shell is killing me? 
because everybody thinks it's my truth and it's not anymore. And I don't know how to tell people. You don't need to know the how if you resonate with that last um, statement. This month will help you. Everything about this month is going to help guide you through your labor of saying to yourself, okay, it might take me a year, but you know, I realized sometime in late 2016 that the structure of the way that I saw clients wasn't a bad thing, but it was just a structural thing that didn't work. And it took me a long time to realize it. I didn't realize it until I was really ragged and kind of burned out in moments. And I just thought like, damn, like I have so much resistance to this, this, this. Why? It took me a long time, over a year, to gently, slowly, with care and respect, with respect to my income, with respect to my clients, nervous systems, make those gentle changes to shift into a place that felt right for me. And some of them I had to state as they were coming. Like one of them was like, this probably sounds like day one to some people, but again, for me, it was almost, you know, two years ago that, you know, I would say like, I'm not going to answer emails You know, after a certain time, there was a time when I would like text with my clients and I was finding that it was no longer in alignment with my boundaries. And that's, it's like, we got to give ourselves permission to not know everything, to like let people off the hook, to let ourselves off the hook, to be like, yeah, you know, I, I didn't realize I'm so good at helping other people see their worth, their value, their boundaries. And I sort of forgot to look into my own mirror That is what cancer season and the chariot is all about. And it's here to help. So rather than be afraid of what we see, welcome it, see it. Your whole platform is a lie now. Great, great. That's so good because from here you can begin the process of shifting into a humble, grateful release, a death of what's probably been ready to die for a long time. And then beginning your journey into rebirthing. You know, for anyone who is hearing this, like, sometimes you do have to start from scratch. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's a gentle shift. Sometimes it's not. It's like, give yourself the permission to trust that divine has got you. Divine is not going to screw you on money. My teacher always says a soul can't punk itself. It's my teacher's phrase. I love it. And It's her way of saying, like, if your soul is telling you, not the brain, but the soul is telling you, I'm no longer in alignment with this kind of offering, but it's your bread and butter, it doesn't mean drop it overnight. It means begin to state your intention to trust that something else can come in that can be your bread and butter and cake and roast chicken and more and can be completely in alignment with your soul, even if you don't know how it's possible. We are very limited in this world for how divine can work. Very. That's the function of this podcast for me too. So much of this is channeled, like I don't plan this. So it helps me too to be like, "Eh, damn, (laughs) I'll be on the lookout. Also, I don't need to know how to do it. So we're resetting. We're clearing, we're getting clear. And this is, this is what cancer season is for. And 
part of the juicy emotional essence of cancer for so many of us is getting down to the bone of what that part of us is actually saying. We don't often listen to that inner soft shell, um, that inner meat within the crab shell. We don't often go into there. Cancer, um, as a sign rules, the chest, the breasts, the digestive system, the stomach, it essentially rules the moon of the body and it rules everywhere that we integrate and feed everywhere that nourishes everywhere that feeds, you know, essentially the, um, breasts nourish and the stomach integrates, takes in nourishment, nourishes us and is, you know, the softest, two of the softest centers of the body. That softness is, again, a beautiful part of the braid of this idea. Like it doesn't need to be so, so intense. We don't need to rip. We don't need to tear. We can be super gentle about it. Let the labor take as long as it takes. How that's shifting us into Leo, you know, once we're out of the chariot, whatever form of chariot we're leaving behind, whether it be profoundly huge or really, really, really subtle, whatever aspect of our chariot that we're choosing to walk out of to be freer, to stride and walk more confidently in our path in life, to be more pure, clear version of ourselves externally and internally. It frees us to essentially shift directly into strength, which is ruled by Leo, and lead with the heart. Go right to the center of what kind of scares the shit out of us and embrace it. The very thing in the strength card that we think is going to bite our hand off is the thing that gentles to us. And there's so much in this, um, there's so much of this idea reflected in Buddhism and in mindfulness meditation um, and in Vipassana that whatever you're resisting only grows more monstrous. If we go and turn, sometimes we need anchors and support, sometimes we don't. Whatever we turn to with willingness, even though there's some fear there, it's going to soften to us because even the scariest things in us are really just the little one within us wanting our attention, wanting our love in some way. So we go from integration, digestion, nourishment. What are we nourished by? How are we nourishing others? How are we stepping out of what the, um, essentially the houses, the skins that are not serving us in order to bloom into that more fully? And how are we letting ourselves shift right up to heart, which is all Leo, the heart. Very, very powerful. So that's a part of what we're doing here. Um, and you know, I just want to say something I feel called to. So as somebody who has a minor public presence, um, I am actually extremely private and very internally wired. I always have been. And, um, the thing that is interesting with being a very minor minor, minor public presence is that people really think that they know who you are and nobody knows who I am. And it's not because it's a secret. It's because I'm you and you're me 
and we're mirrors of each other. And whatever story or um, experience that you have of me, unless you know me very, very intimately, is really an experience that you're having of the idea of me. And I would say that it's not to say that, that there's anything I'm hiding. I'm actually a pretty open book, but there are certain parts of myself that are super intimate and very private that I do not open unless there's trust. And if I sense that someone is like, you know, in some way, you know, it's, it's wiser not to open in a certain way. I, I won't. Um, it's also being a trauma survivor. It's like, this is mine. I take care of me. So I share that because, um, there's no defending. There's just what I offer and what's mine. So as you journey into this, um, month, I encourage you to remember that whatever story your brain might tell you about like, oh, will people like me? Will they not like me? Will they understand? Will I lose my clients? Will I lose my money? Expect that there will be some people that will come and go. Please embrace the fact that some people might not like you. Embrace the fact that some people might not understand you. There are plenty of people out there who don't like me for their own reasons. And that's fine. I feel very comfortable <laughs> with people appreciating my, their idea of me and, and, appreci- and not appreciating their idea of me. And it really all comes back to the person, which is why it's so nice to receive such beautiful comments sometimes. But it's really, um, it can change. So I don't get attached. It's lovely. I just don't want that to be my source of love that I'm believing is permanent. And I encourage you to practice this with yourselves because the crab shell in cancer is a very important soul home, but it's not the definition of you. So in the chariot, all we see is this dazzling, beautiful, perfect thing. And it's not true because if you look closely, you see the cracks in the armor right away. How are the sphinxes going to get him anywhere? It's all for show. It's essentially a cardboard cutout. The man within the chariot has the, the stuff to go the distance because every soul does. But if we let go of the image, what people want us to be, what they think they want us to be, who we, you know, and you don't need to be a minor or public person to, to do this. I'm, I'm bringing that up because in my life, there's a little bit more energetic, uh, income from other people than maybe the average person who interacts with 20 people in their circle. There's thousands around me. So, um, I, again, I share that to say that you have permission to not be anyone other than who you are. And, um, certainly not to not give a fuck what anyone thinks. Cause I, I care very much about being as respectful and kind and as, um, generous as I possibly can be. Um, and as humble as I can be, but I'm also not going to show or provide anyone with any information that feels like, um, it might rob me of the pool within me that is mine and mine alone. I also don't feel like I have to really provide explanation unless I do. So you don't need to explain. 
what these changes are. You don't even need to understand them fully to tell your clients, to tell your family, to tell your friends, I'm changing. And I'm very aware that I'm changing. I'm not quite sure where that's taking me, but I just know that this doesn't feel exactly right for me right now. Are you okay with um, waiting until I know better or more fully to explain? And if they say yes, that's great. And if they say no, I don't understand, then they're not meant to come with you. And it is really intense, but ultimately awesome because you get those answers pretty quickly. You don't need to be, explain, show, bear yourself in any way that doesn't feel like it's in alignment for you. And that's how I utilize my crab shell. I will come out of my crab shell to do all kinds of things, but I ain't coming out for certain things. <laughs> and that's just my sacred, is my my boundaries. It's, those are the boundaries I've always had as a fairly personally private person, actually. Um and that's me. And other people can project onto that all they want to. And, you know, I'm sure that you're projected on too, anyone who's listening to this. So I share that because that's a part of cancer too, to just not give a shit about needing it to look so good or needing it to look so perfect or needing to like, you know, as Mary Oliver says, essentially drag yourself over a million hills. You just need to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Come out of the crab shell when it's right. Go in when it's right. But when we're not sure about what feels right, true, honest, we wind up coming out of the crab shell and then getting slashed a little bit, going back in and needing to spend more time in there healing because we weren't fully in connection with our intuition about whether or not our body wanted to come out or not. That is also the benefit of being very deeply connected to cancer and to the chariot at this time. They're great helpers, profound helpers. So, okay, our Wild Soul Tarot reading for the collective for the month ahead, the medicine for the month of July is two of wands reversed. So exactly perfect medicine, exactly appropriate. Two of wands is the spark of something new. It's the beginning of a journey. It's a time when literally anything can happen. The world is our oyster. This was a very profound card for us. I think it was in May or June. I can't remember. I think we got two of wands and three of wands. Um, should have fact checked that, but <laughs> now that I'm talking about it, I'm just remembering that I think it was one, um, definitely the three I remember, but the two of wands reversed, you know, when we transit and move through this card reversed, we're essentially moving through a time of doubt around next steps. And that doubt is exactly what we, we want that front and center because we want to question and look at what are my beliefs around energetic expansion, around creation, around offering of myself, What's my relationship? Like, am I tired all the time? Is it because my body actually doesn't want to be on Twitter like all day, every day? Does my body need more time with me? Does she need more time outside or do they need more time outside? Whatever it is, we want to get very clear. Because again, two of wands is the beginning of a new adventure, a new journey where we have a lot of options about what way we can go. The discernment that we're invited to drop into helps us to get clear 
and obviously we've spoken quite a bit about this already, that discernment is built into the foundation of the month of July. Everything is supporting, clarifying, and um, fine-tuning that discernment. The reversal can sometimes mean to not go anywhere. It can sometimes mean, you know, again, we got retrogrades up the b-hole this month. We've got two, but <laughs> they're very powerful retrogrades. So we've got, well, and actually we're in quite a few, right? I totally forgot about that. Pluto, et cetera. So we are, I'm going to honor that. Retrogrades up the b-hole. So <clears throat> that's a technical term, by the way. When we have that level of inward looking, of introspection and review, movement forward is not necessarily completely wise. Now, remember, if everything lines up for you and you're moving and grooving and you're creating and you're expanding and sharing and offering up, fucking go for it. You don't need to hold yourself back, but it's not a time to push forward. So looking at our relationship to forward momentum, trusting the connection to our channels, trusting that the spark will light when it's time, the timing of things, letting ourselves shed anything, letting pass away anything that's preventing us from fully moving into the spark of creation. That is what this month is about. That is the medicine. That's what we're here. We're actually here to rest in the space between the um, spark and the leap forward, clarifying for ourselves what vehicle is going to be the most appropriate for me to make this journey in and how can I move vehicles if I'm not in the right one. So that's what this time is all about. What we're leaving behind in June is King of Pentacles. So this is actually a great example to talk about something that I get all the time. I get asked this like probably one of my top five questions that I'm asked both by students and strangers alike. How do you interpret and work with a card that's leaving that's really good? So that's a great example because what we're leaving behind in June is probably one of the fairest, most dope cards in the tarot. Like King of Pentacles is pretty much it's the best. So what we can do is remember that everything is a season. Not anything really in the eyes of nature is good or bad. And even though we have these egos and these brains that tell us we're so separate from nature, we're not. We're really the only species that has an opinion on what we're in. Nature just is. So we want to approach, that's soul tarot. We want to approach the tarot outside of the lens of good, bad, and linear. So even though we are, quote, leaving behind King of Pentacles in June, essentially what we're just saying is, what have we mastered in this moment? What have we taken care of? What have we reviewed? What was June about? And June was about our greater purpose, and we talked about that a ton. June was about, you know, what are we really here to do on a big scale? And how can we set the stage and plant the seeds and have the foundation that support that really big vision? What are we really, really here to do? We have inquired about that in that particular respect 
as much as we need to. So it doesn't mean King of Pentacles is going away like we fucked up and now it's gone. It just simply means that winter is slipping into spring. It's not bad or good. It's not right or wrong. It's not due to any kind of problem. It just means that June really, really supported us in our vision and our journey and our clarification on what we're here to do in a big way. Not necessarily our temporal title or um, anything that's fleeting, but a long lasting our soul's destiny. There was quite a bit of work that got done with that in June, whether we felt it or not, it was happening. And what we're moving through in July is the Empress. So when we look at both, what we're releasing, shedding, letting go of, and what we're moving into, we're essentially saying that what we're shedding is the larger attainment and work around the big destiny, life purpose, um, idea, essence, and moving into a space of creation, of receiving, of birth. So we're moving from an integration of self to a total soul upgrade in one of the macrocosmic cards of the tarot, which is the major arcana. Um, interesting that rebirth came through for me before I pulled the empress. So I'll just share that. Um, what we're moving through in July is the Empress. That's what we're, it's going to feel like. So this provides a really good example. The Empress is thought to be this, um, she's really like loved and be loved. And people say like, oh, I'm an Empress. And like, that's all, I encourage it. That's great. Um, Empress is a very difficult card. <laughs> I've talked about her, but she's hard for everybody because she's about receiving. She's about Venus. So she rules everything and anything having to do with love, receiving it or giving it beauty with us acknowledging our own beauty, seeing the beauty in others, seeing the beauty in the world, material possessions, money, what we own, what we treasure, what we love. And in a more esoteric sense, Venus has to do with what we treasure. Do we treasure books? Do we treasure time off? Do we treasure um, beautiful bouquet of flowers? Like whatever it is, that's all Venus's territory. And there's so much more to it, obviously. But the Empress being what we're moving through in July means that we, again, are dilating. Because the Empress, say what you will about her. She's the mother. She's the birther. That's all fine. You can read that in any book, and I encourage you to. That's all relevant information. However, from the soul's perspective, there really is no gender, and there really is no hitch placed on mother. The mother is mother, but is also being with their own agency, identity, the empress is way more than a mother. And being a mother is just about as amazing and profound as it gets. So to say that is not to put down mothers in any way, shape, or form. It's to call us back to the center of what the empress really has to do with, which is receiving. Essentially, the empress does the equivalent of sticking her hands in the middle of our ribcage and opening it up. And she does that with our worth, with our deservability. 
She does that with our self-esteem. She does that with how much love, sexual pleasure, life pleasure, food, everything you receive from any opening that you have on your body, the Empress rules that. How you receive food, how you receive hydration, how you receive pleasure from yourself or another in any, any, any perspective is all ruled by Empress. So if we are not fully in alignment with where the floodgates want to be really rushing through us, if we're we're ready to receive a ton more, the Empress will come in and she'll dilate us and she'll put us in situations, totally safe situations, but confronting situations where we feel like we can't accept what we're being offered or where we feel like we don't deserve it. And that is the work that we get to do in her. Because the more we hang out in her, the more we tend to expand, the more we tend to shift into a place of expansion, but it probably will feel like contraction before the expansion takes place. And that is a universal truth. The bigger the expansion, the bigger the contraction and so on and so forth. So what that means for us is in this theme of birth and death and leaving behind skins and shells and all of that comes back to Empress and and threads us back to this idea of gentleness. The Empress is really um, pretty uh, steadfast. I feel like her behavior, like she's pretty steady, gentle presence when she wants to be. Like when, when you really have receiving work to do, she will be there. She'll be there very consistently. But in general, the Empress really is uh, kind. And she is like ideal mother in a way. And... Um, in that perspective, is that she tends to open us up and invite us to treat ourselves like we would a child on our best day. Some of us might feel like we're not as kind to our inner children as we're invited to be, and that's okay. On your best day, that's how the Empress likes to be with us all the time. So if we are inviting ourselves into a space where we're regarding ourselves with that much compassion, the shedding and rebirthing process is going to be easier. And to just add the final bit of like fuel onto this incredible fire, the gentle message from divine with regard to this reading for the collective is death. I could not believe it when I turned that over. The through line of this month is the ego getting turned over for something that the, the chariot is profoundly connected to the ego. It has to be because the first line is all about the ego. The chariot represents a moment. Everybody, I think I was saying this um, before and then never completed the thought. Um, everybody listening to this podcast knows someone who never left the chariot, knows somebody who can't leave it, who can't allow themselves to be seen, who can't allow themselves to share publicly about their very extreme issues or divorce or whatever. They can't share it with their family. They don't know how. They don't want to. And that's okay. Again, that's why I mentioned that thing about me and my, um, like the, the fence with love around my heart, you know, um, around certain areas that I have with everybody, everybody and everything. Cause some things are just for Lindsay. Some people, um, mistake, the need to not be judged or the need to not be looked at as being weak or whatever, 
as a reason to not open up and share. Um, and that'll be part of the discernment and the sacred work that we'll all move through this month. Me too. Like there's no way to know what will be appropriate for you or for me or for anybody else. But death is the cracking open and the releasing of some kind of egoic structure that doesn't serve. The tower is very similar to that, but the tower strips it and rips it away. Death is a slow shedding. And it is profoundly connected to the chariot because the chariot is the moment in the first line where we choose little tiny, tiny, tiny bit of us, choose a soul over ego. We leave behind something. Otherwise, we don't move forward. There's no strength card or justice card, depending on what your eight is. Um, without that moment to be able to say to ourselves, you know, I'm, I'm ready to let go. I'm ready to believe that even though this feels pretty cozy, it doesn't feel exactly aligned for me. So I'm going to choose something different. That's that moment. So the gentle message from divine being death is perfect for us because it lets us know, it reminds us, just keep coming back to that remembering that every time you might feel like, holy shit, this is crazy, or this eclipse is crazy, or this retrograde is crazy. We're shedding, 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 shedding. To shed, we have to contract. We have to actually let go. We have to not rip. We have to not tear. We have to not rush. It can be gentle. It can actually not be a trauma. It can be super, super, super sweet, believe it or not. And we can ask ourselves how it can be sweet. And that's not to... Um, diminish or in some way wash or glaze over anything that's happening in this world that the horrors that are happening in this country and in this world it's a reflection that you know much like what we talk about in the justice card if we are to be a force and an agent for change in this world around anything that we see and is not in alignment for us we must be taken care of and caretaking ourselves is not selfish. It's not. It's very easy. Um, I think, honestly, a part of what we are all doing um, is over trying to compensate and heal all the self-care that wasn't done in the generations before us. Self-care is very courageous. Again, that comes back to Empress. You have to actually give a shit about yourself to take care of yourself. Or... You have to move through contraction or brain chemistry or depression to shower, to like take your medication. That's major self-care, huge, and requires all the guts in the fucking world. So it doesn't take anything away. It's not weak and it's not selfish. It's profound. And it's step one to creating a better world, truly. So that is the collective reading. Now, we talk a little bit about Mars retrograde. So we're in Mars retrograde as of today. Mars is ruled by, uh, Mars um, rules Aries and Scorpio. So essentially what we're talking about is uh, three things. We're talking about the emperor reversed. We're talking about the tower reversed. And we're talking about death reversed. So we're talking about them because the emperor is ruled by Aries. Mars is ruled by the tower. And, um, Scorpio is ruled by the death card. I think that's backward. Death is ruled by Scorpio. 
You guys know what I mean. So I'm going to create a little um, prompt about this, a little spread that's going to be on my Instagram tomorrow. And if you don't follow me on Instagram, I'm Wild Soul Healing on there. Um, I'm creating a little prompt essentially because I think it's very powerful to inquire about this with the Mars retrograde. Mars retrograde is an opportunity for us to refine the way we work with our inner fire, our our inner lava, to refine the way we access and work with our anger, how we work with our energy. Uh, Very profound. Our uh, relationship to reactivity, our relationship to not listening, our relationship to like all of that is is contained within Mars retrograde. So we want to look at emperor reversed because Mars rules Aries. And when we're in the emperor, it's an opportunity to take up sacred space, to be in our fullness, to be our, to represent and to embody our inner mountain range, our inner redwood, our inner ocean, like to take up all the space and know that we're not crowding anybody out because we're just honoring our birthright. There's enough room for everybody. The emperor reversed is, uh, asking ourselves, where do we not speak, not shine our light, not speak up? because we're afraid that we're going to outshine someone. We're going to attract attention that we don't want. Does that go into past life stuff? Does that go into fear of being seen, whatever it is? Emperor reverse has to do with a kind of a cloud cover over the sunshine. So we want to look gently, slowly with a lot of curiosity and compassion this month. What are the moments when the clouds come over your sun? What is, what happens there? And conversely, which is something that not a lot of people really like to look at, but I think it's it's really okay to make peace with our anger. It's really tough, but there are moments when the sun of our being burns the shit out of ourselves and other people because we lose our temper, because we're a little too harsh, because we're afraid and we lash out just like a dog who has been beaten and not taken care of will bark occasionally and snarl. Some of them will just be silent. It's either fleeing, you know, fighting or freezing. So there can be both reactions. With the emperor reversed, we also want to look at and make total peace with the fact, am I burning? Am I getting burned? Am I burning others? Am I aware that I'm doing it? Um, and if I am, can I practice forgiveness? Can I practice inquiry, clarity, can I follow that down to the root system and not get caught on the island of shame? Because forgiveness is more than um, applicable to anyone who's, who struggles with their temper or with their anger. This is a part of the work of Mars Retrograde is to look at where do we go too far because we're afraid that we're not being seen or not being heard and where do we go too little because we're afraid of being seen or not being seen. So it's just a question. It's just an inquiry. You know, what, what, what work, what refinement tinkering are we doing with our inner emperor? Certainly with the tower. So Mars retrograde is without question, most ruled by the tower reversed. So the tower reversed is a lighter, softer, slightly more gentle tower than it is right side up right side up. The tower is usually externally experienced, but it certainly can be internally. Um, It's usually tangible. 
and does have to do with a major clearing that is sudden, impactful, doesn't really give a fuck about being gentle and just wham, does it. And all of a sudden you're awake. You see the band-aid's been ripped off real quick and you're left to pick up the pieces, heal yourself, but essentially completely start anew. And because the tower is a clearing of anything that is unessential to us, and it will sometimes use an inciting incident like a diagnosis, some news, clarity. We are really um, kind of trained to think that the tower always means like there's some nightmare coming. The tower is very tonifying and very powerful, not always super traumatic, sometimes can be very uh, profound, but like good news. <laughs> it can be great news. So um, it's not always bad not in any way, shape, or form. So I encourage you to get curious about that. But the reversal of the chariot is um, resonant to us with Mars retrograde because we're in a retrograde and that essentially means the energy is turned, quote, backward or right side up or reversed rather for our purposes, talking about the tarot. So with that being said, in what ways are you internally subconsciously on a subtle level getting rewired? Um, in what channels, on what levels are you getting a total clearing? Where are the wires being replaced? That's what's happening here. How are we choosing to respond to big feelings, big actions? That's all related to Mars retrograde. And then death reversed. How are we resisting the letting go? Are we? Is this an experience of like what comes up for us? What's the emotional center? You know, where are we afraid that we might lose something and not get something back? You know, where do we land in that relationship of deep release and shedding and the right timing and letting go? So all that is very, very significant to our expansion this month. And Mercury retrograde, of course, like, you know, it's a Mercury retrograde in Leo this month. You know, it's not as bad as Aries, <laughs> but it can definitely affect and impact um, our relationship with what we're sharing, our relationship with being seen. doesn't mean that we won't be seen or we will be seen, but it can really clarify for us um, what we're sharing and what we're moving toward. And that refinement is really important to welcome. Um, so our eclipse moons, you know, it's weird to talk about this so far out, but new moon, solar eclipse and cancer um, happens on July uh, 12th. So new moon, solar eclipses, so eclipses. Eclipses are an opportunity to essentially see in the dark. To essentially see something that you can't see uh, on any other time, it's like um, looking in a black mirror and seeing everything. So it's this chance to massively uh, clear space. It's a chance to massively upgrade over a very short amount of time. And it essentially accelerates something that normally drops along at a pretty even pace Eclipses tend to intensify and speed up, which is a very interesting uh, relationship with the slowness of, you know, being in so many retrogrades. So what does this mean? It means that we're pushing the baby out. It means that we push 
the head comes out a little bit, kind of goes back in. We breathe, we gather our strength, we push with the next contraction. This is, it's literally the language and the in-out breath of birth. So if that helps you, um, like the eclipses are like this shot of, of movement and a pushing where the baby really flows and then we're kind of laboring again. And then once again, we're moving. So this month we have a new moon solar eclipse in cancer. Again, this is the moment where like the light flashes with clarity on what we're ready to let go of and how we're ready to let ourselves be seen, how we're ready to step into more fullness, what aspect of our life is not ready to take us to the full journey. This is also a day when we can plant seeds of intention that will ring out and around us for like years to come. Planting seeds of intention in the new moon, solar eclipse, and cancer that are related to essentially releasing and letting go uh, being in right relationship with when to uh, protect and when to be vulnerable, when to be open is very powerful. And if we're stating an intention to be in right relationship with that, we're not going to be wanting for much in terms of that. And again, that has all to do with the aligned expansion that we're in and continuing to be in over the next you know, probably rest of our lives, but definitely this year. Sorry, taking a drink of water. So the full moon lunar eclipse in Aquarius, big time, being our full out true selves, healing on a collective level, actually bringing forward a vision for moving together in a whole new way collectively. We're changing, expanding, rebirthing on the personal level always to be of more service to the collective. I think it's part of the reason, I mean, there's so much more to it than this, but I believe it's part of the larger web of why we're moving from a Cancer moon to an Aquarius moon. We're moving from Cancer to Aquarius here where the moons happen to fall on because we're checking in with the self and then radiating that out into the collective. So it's very, very powerful. And I believe that's all I have for you today. That was a big one. And I I sort of feel like, believe it or not, even though this was long, and I feel like I went into a lot of detail, there's a part of me that still feels like (laughs) I didn't convey it as powerfully as it is in my head, but I'm sure that I went over, above, and beyond. Um, Not like uh, putting myself down, just just really, really expressing how strong uh, an opportunity this feels like this month. Will it be intense? I believe that it will. Uh, Hopefully it will not be um, too intense that there can't be breath. But um, I believe that that's part of why it was so clearly channeled to me that gentleness is an option that we don't have to be plodding and and groping and gripping our way white knuckled through the process of like this is um you know we we're talking about something that essentially is happening in every moment we're just not always aware of it we're not um there're different uh times in 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 the life death life cycle where we're not really focused on the giving birth part or the 
dying part where we're just living. We're kind of in between the two cycles or in between one cycle. So it can be very, very powerful to consider for ourselves, how is this time essentially setting me up for the rest of the year? Because there is an element of that here. And I hope for you, wherever you are, however you receive this, it is as gentle, graceful, and expansive a time as possible. And uh, yeah, that's it. So um, one really important announcement. So I am going to be doing two classes. Um, I mentioned that on the last podcast, a little course about the court cards for anybody looking to go deeper, anybody who doesn't want to take my big course, anyone who wants to be very um, clarified with their court card relationship that's happening starts on, uh, July 8th. And then there's a trauma in the tarot. That's July 14th, I believe. But, um, I want to make an announcement. So my, my course, Tarot for the Wild Soul, um, we're giving out scholarships. There are 22 scholarships available and we have had literally so many people apply for the scholarships that we've decided to close the deadline down a month early, which is, um, I know I'm sure for some like that might not feel okay or fair. We're literally going to have to say no to hundreds of people. (laughs) So in order to not make it like hundreds and hundreds or like close to a thousand people, I literally have to close it. So I want to make this really clear because, um, those of you who are interested in applying have, uh, a little, a teeny bit under a week to apply. And I encourage you to do it. Don't let it discourage you that a bunch of people have applied. If you're right, you're going to be right. Um, it's a need-based scholarship. There are 22 available. Um, I ask that you look at the guidelines for the scholarship before you apply. Um, and if you feel that it resonates for you, uh, please apply. It would be an honor to read it. But the deadlines were supposed to close on August 1st. They are now going to close on July 1st, just because um, maybe I shouldn't do it, but I'm feeling called to do it. So I'm going to honor that. Um, So they will close on July the 1st. And so if you have wanted to apply for a scholarship, I would say go for it now. Um, And yeah. I'm really excited to get to announce those. Um, and that's it. I think that's it. Uh, it always helps to receive your kind and full hearted five star reviews. <laughs> if you feel called to like, just click five stars or leave a written review. I read them all. I love them. I appreciate them. I wish I could write back to people. Um, it really helps rankings and that helps with other things that helps with people finding the podcast. It helps with it being seen. And so if you like the podcast, please feel free to share and rate and subscribe and it makes a huge difference and it'll take two seconds and you definitely don't have to write anything if you don't want to. Um, and yeah, I'm wishing you well. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, sending my love and I will catch you next week with our interview. Have a beautiful, beautiful week, Wild Souls.